It's time for a new adventure. Welcome to another episode of Adventures in Business. This is your co-host, Amy Zander with CD Media. And I'm here with Lisa Fisher. How are you doing, Lisa? Amy, I am doing fantastic. I am super excited about our guest today and recording day. Recording day is always fun for yeah, me. <laughs> absolutely. And just a quick mention, we're, we're excited to be back in the Risky Studios wonderful studio here. We had a little break for our last couple episodes because of the ice storm and all that, but we're happy to be back here with the professionals making us sound good and look good. So thank you, Risky Studios, for all of your help. Outstanding, outstanding. So Amy, what have you been doing in the community? Yeah, I did something really fun last week. I went to the Poetry Room, which was hosted at the Robin Theater in Rio Town. And I think this was their first show since COVID. Not at, not totally for the theater, but the poetry room itself show was like mm-hmm. an open mic poetry and it's hosted by a poet laureate. And then they have open mic and these people get up there and it was really, really amazing. It was a lot of young people and then mix of older people. And it was kind of like this emotional roller coaster because there'd be like really intense poets. And then there'd be like an older woman who would come on and talk about her beautiful fairy garden and whatever. And you're like, oh, that feels good. And then there'd be another intense poet. So it was great, but I was exhausted at the end of it. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) That sounds exciting. So I had the opportunity to visit the Hidden Gem. It's an event venue that is on the south side of Lansing. And I'll tell you, their food never disappoints. And just the decor, it's so beautiful there. So if you have an opportunity, you're looking to schedule an event, Hidden Gem, it's a nice spot. It is, absolutely. Molly, what have you been doing around town? Well, (laughs) I don't get out a whole lot, but my husband and I do do kind of our date night, which actually is on Sunday or Saturday mornings. And we usually go to the peanut shop, which I absolutely oh, love. I love that. So we, yeah. we spend way too much money there, but it's fantastic. Fresh roasted nuts. And anybody who's coming to Lansing for the first time, or even people who've, not, who've lived here, but maybe have never gone, that's a great place to go. Excellent. I love the peanut shop. It always smells so good when you walk in there. (laughs) And yes, you can spend a lot of money, but you know what? Healthy fats are good. Absolutely. Fats are what we need. (laughs) They're fresh nuts. It's it's fantastic. All right. So you all heard a little bit from Molly, right? Sharing what she's doing. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce her today. So our guest is Molly Woods. She works at the MSU Product Center. It's a program that supports food business and entrepreneurs in Michigan, equitable and collaborative lens at the Michigan State University. They partner with the third Michigan Good Food Fund pitch event in their marketing in Michigan on April 23rd. So with that being said, we are going to let Molly introduce herself. So tell our listeners first who you are. All right. Thank you. I'm Molly Woods. I'm the director of the MSU Product Center. I have been since 2020. And I'm, I'm really feel very fortunate to be in that position. We work with food companies from all over the state and actually globally as well. I came to Michigan in 1997 as a grad student at Michigan State University, and I'm actually an economist by training, but I have, I have morphed over into working a lot in food development and food processing. So I worked as an economist for 17 years at Michigan State University, and then I went out and worked in industry for one of our great industries here in the state. I actually worked with the um, National Marketing Order for Tart Cherries in the U.S. Ooh, okay. And uh, learned a lot about food processing there and the need for new product development and innovation. So that's why I came back to the university because that's what we do 
at the product center. So we are a part of Michigan State University Extension, which you and I were talking about earlier. You're familiar with Extension, but our role is to take research and learning at the university and extend that out into the community in Michigan for the benefit of the people, businesses, the youth, and agriculture in general. So I'm so happy to be a part of the organization. I'm from Grand Ledge. So we've lived here in Michigan since 1997 and love the community. I love the campus and I'm so excited to see you all promoting the 517 region. I'm on a Facebook with the 517, I think foodies or something yep. like that. That's I love fun. to That's see a all, page. That is yeah, a fun, fun page. I love yeah, to fun. see that. What made you decide to go from being an economist to working with food? I mean, you saw some things, you transitioned, but why? I don't know how much you know about tart cherries, but tart cherries are, the majority of them in the United States are grown here in Michigan. And we have all these wonderful family farms and family-owned processors, and some of them are corporate processors as well. But the industry really has been going through a transition, which coincided with Americans eating less dessert. So when you think about tart cherries, used to be you think about cherry pie. And so watching the industry and be a part of the industry trying to reinvent itself made me see how much industries like that need support to develop innovation. You know, small farms, small processors don't have the same resources to develop new products to support these, these farms and agricultural systems as maybe larger food companies do. So playing a role in that is really rewarding. So share a little bit about what you guys do at the product center. We were, like you said, we were talking just a little bit before the show. It was really fun getting to know you there. I'm like, yeah. let's do this on the camera. Uh, <laughs> so share with our listeners what all you cover. So we have a really wonderful staff. I mean, fantastic. We have uh, 10 innovation counselors who work throughout the state of Michigan. They're located all around the state who will work one-on-one with food entrepreneurs. So many of our clients last year, we, we served over 600 clients in helping them either learn how to found a business, how to get into food or into food retail. We were talking about retail and all the regulations that go along with that. We also work with clients who maybe want to expand. They might be you know doing some production, but they want to learn about how do I grow How do I grow in the right way? Where do I, you know, where do I grow into? And so we have that network of clients, as I mentioned, throughout the state. Then we also have here on campus or just south of campus, the Food Processing and Innovation Center. And that's a a center that was open in 2018. That's a part of our programming that is for more advanced food processors or people who, again, are wanting to get some growth. And so what we do there is we will do research and development, or we call it proof of concept. Mm-hmm. So uh, companies will come in, they'll will run a line of product. They can then take that product, do consumer trials or limited use trials or limited time offers in stores. And they're really just testing out, does that product have legs? And the reason that's a good service is because those companies then don't have to invest in a full processing line to make that decision. So it's helping them make smart decisions before they throw a lot of money at something and discover, you know, there's not a market for it. We also, you know, will help some clients will come in if they can't find any co-packer in the state. So a co-packer is somebody who will produce a product on behalf of you. 
And so if they can't find any co-packer in the state, we'll do that again, just to get that sales volume up so that then they are able to invest in their own facility or, you know, into maybe a shared facility where they can manage their own production. So we are a fully licensed food manufacturing facility there in Okemos. We're also licensed to produce meat products and canned products, low acid canned products. Other parts of the product center include the dairy store on campus, dairy store and dairy plant. <laughs> so we're, we're managing that on behalf of the Department of Food Science and Human Nutrition. We have some exciting things going on there. And then we also have a facility out in Muskegon, another business incubator space where companies that need a, a licensed space that's appropriate for food processing can come lease it for a couple of years and try to grow their business okay. out. So if somebody started maybe like under the cottage law, like they were making mm-hmm. cookies or something like that in their home, and then they started going to farmer's markets and selling it that way or whatever, at what point in their business would they think about using the services that you provide? That's a good question because we do have a lot of cottage food producers here in Michigan. Often it is an issue of scale. Okay. So if they've been really successful and they need to scale, but they can't do it out of their house, sure. then they they are will start working with someone like us or maybe a more of a community kitchen okay. in, in the area. And then also there are some regulations around cottage food related to maximum sales you can have as a cottage food vendor. Okay. So once you go over that maximum, then you need to move into more of a licensed facility. So for our listeners, will you go into a little bit of detail about what is the cottage kitchen or, you know, the cottage food that you were talking about? I'll do my best because I'm not a cottage food law expert because most of the people we work with are not cottage food producers. They're after that point or they're producing something that doesn't fall under cottage food law. So the cottage food law, as I understand it, was developed to allow people to produce in their home or sale products that are relatively low risk. So these would be baked items, breads, cookies. Yeah. yeah, things that in the food safety world don't present a huge risk to consumers if you were to sell it. Salsas, for example, are not cottage food. Some jams and jellies might be, but you have to be really careful about water activity, pectin and sugar, right. sugar use. Cheesecakes are not cottage food. Sometimes even a cupcake with a buttercream frosting is not cottage mm-hmm. food because the buttercream can be a little bit more dairy, a little more risky. Yeah. You get get into a whole nother situation. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a great way. And and some of our clients do start out as cottage food producers and then they, they, that helps them make the decision. Do I really want to, you know, commit to this and go on beyond maybe just selling at the farmer's market? So many times people who come to us have been referred to us by Michigan Department of Ag and Rural Development because they need to get in line with some of the regulations around food production, or they are hoping to expand into a larger retailer. And that retailer tells them, that's great if you've been doing cottage food, but we need you now to be a licensed food producer. So would one of those retailers around our area possibly be like Meyer or QD or something like that? I'm not sure about QD. If we have client products in there, I know we do in Horrocks. We definitely do in Meyer, the capital city market. There's a great market in Old Town, which I can't remember, but it sells all Michigan-based oh, products. The general store. The general store. There we go. We have a lot of we have a lot of client <laughs> yeah. products in there yeah. as well. I'm always amazed. I'm excited when we when I find it. There's I think there's a marathon out by Grand Ledge that seems to carry a lot of local food oh, products nice. too. So yeah, they they pop up 
all over. Yeah. And and the reason why I asked that question for our listeners that are out there is oftentimes people have these great ideas and want to run with them, but they're not necessarily sure what those guidelines are. You know, you've got the, and so if you're unsure and you're listening in, it's their opportunity for them to reach out to your organization and consult with somebody to see if they need to take that next step. They absolutely can. I would encourage people. So there's a registration process. If you Google MSU Product Center, they can click right on our homepage, become a client. There's a hundred dollar fee to become a client. And that entitles them to basically unlimited meetings with our business counselors for up to five years, really. So that they become an advocate for those businesses. But before they do that, I would encourage them to do some research because it is, you know, we want our clients when they come to us, we're hoping they're ready to go. That's what we're counseling them to do is to get up and ready. And so we have some really great resources on our website. One of them that was just released is a series of guides on selling food in Michigan. So if you want to sell mushrooms, what, Mm -hmm. what are the regulations? Who is the regulatory body? How, you know, how would you expect to maybe sell either fresh or a processed mushroom product or pickles, for example? There's some other great resources on meat and eggs out there. And then we don't have any yet on canned foods. That tends to be a little bit of a a specialty. Usually it takes one-on-one counseling with people who are interested in that. But for, for some of the more common food products, we have a lot of those guides on our website. Talking about possibly another type of client, if there was, say, a restaurant, let's just let's say like a Mexican restaurant and they decided they wanted to commercially sell, like package and sell their salsa. Yes. That would be something that they could come to you guys to for. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We have several clients like that actually throughout the state. And that was really popular during COVID actually because (laughs) everyone was trying to figure out how do they, you know, how do you keep your restaurant afloat? And then they discovered that there is that demand for some of their their sauces or, Mm -hmm. you know, toppings or. Right. Even dry mixes. So yeah, I kind of wish I didn't know that LA's the LS cheese dip is available at Horrocks <laughs> because it's really good. Yep. And I could eat a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Having that gateway to right. have to go to the restaurant. Yeah. Right. And I do live like right by Horrocks. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh. Are you feeling overwhelmed when it comes to planning for your retirement? Do you want simple, relatable information you can use today to plan for tomorrow? Check out the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast, hosted by Dave and Nick, certified financial planners with Shotwell Rudder Bear Financial Planners. They make retirement planning easy and enjoyable. Discover practical advice to create a retirement strategy that fits your lifestyle and budget. Get ready for market updates, intriguing finance headlines, book reviews, special guests, and inspiring case studies. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join them at the table as they talk about everything finance and retirement. Go to srbadvisors.com or search for Kitchen Table Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. I love it. Fantastic. (laughs) You have an event coming up. Yes. So I'd like you to share with our listeners, what is the event? What is the registration process Mm -hmm. and how they might be able to get involved? Thank you. So we do have an event coming up. We do an annual event, which I'm really proud of. It's called Making It in Michigan. And it's, there are two parts to the event. So we concurrently run an educational conference targeted toward our clients who are interested in, you know, learning more about either retailing their food product, producing it, scaling it, and so forth. So we'll have a series of panels from large retailers. So Mm -hmm. Meyer, 
Kroger, Spartan Nash will be on there and they'll be talking about what does it take to get into their system. We'll have smaller retailers. So I know Oriana Food Co-op from up north will be coming down talking about what's it like to work with a food co-op. We'll have other folks. I'm not sure if we have a co-packer panel this year. We have a distributor panel. So, you know, one thing people don't know about food often or about getting a new food product out there is how important distribution is. It's not as easy as throwing it in your car and driving it to the store. So there's a whole distribution system to learn about. And then a very exciting thing we have for the first time this year is Dr. Emily Mayhew, who's from Food Science Human Nutrition, will be doing a sensory workshop during lunch. So she'll have little boxes out on the table with different food items, and you're going to learn how to evaluate foods from a sensory perspective. So Big companies will hire, will have sensory experts and they say, well, maybe we're going to change the topping on this cookie. How does that impact your experience with the food? So she's going to walk us through a little bit how to do that on our own and how, how can our clients do that a little bit? So if they're interested in maybe changing a recipe or an ingredient, what does that do to the sensory experience of the food? So that will be the morning. And then in the afternoon, we host a a full-blown trade show for Michigan-made products. Last year, we had um, 160 vendors. It's open to the public. People can walk through, they can sample, they can actually buy products there if they want. We generally have anywhere from 15 to 20 buyers walking through as well. So it's an opportunity for our clients to get in front of buyers, maybe get their product picked up for distribution or for sale and retail. It's a it's offered at a discounted price. So, and often many of our vendors, it's the first time that they have done a trade show and trade shows in the food world. There are some really huge trade shows you can Mm -hmm. go to Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, Indianapolis, Chicago, where large multinational chains are looking at, you know, adding new food product lines or getting ideas. Those booths are easily five to ten thousand oh, yeah. dollars, mm-hmm. and ours is uh, two hundred and twenty-five dollars. So it's a it's a it's a way to offer that service to our clients, get them experienced, teach them how to yeah, interact. They're coached. They're coached yeah, they're coached. The yeah. How do you interact at a trade show? How do you make that sale in one minute so that you have valuable. to yeah, yeah to to interact with the buyer? So we're excited about that, and and then also you mentioned the pitch competition. Yes. So the night before, we're hosting a reception, and then also in partnership with the Michigan Good Food Fund, uh, doing a pitch competition. So we'll have judges there. The pitch participants have the chance to win actually a cash prize for their product. So we're excited about that as well. So they do they do just kind of like a commercial sort of thing about their food or is it tasting it? What's what's involved in the judging? in the pitch? Yeah. So it is they have to actually submit a, a video, a okay. video pitch, and then they'll they'll stand up. I think it's a three minute time limit. So it is a, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like Shark Tank. Yeah, almost, right. Right? So they're mm-hmm. they're standing up, giving the pitch about why their product's great or unique or, you know, what is the selling point about their product? And then you're judged on the presentation. That is so cool. So how does one go to register for the pitch competition? Let's start there. Where And I know we'll put these links. Amy's great about that. But how do they go about registering for that? All of these events are available on our website. Okay. So when you go to the MSU Product Center website, we have a tab that says Making in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Click on that tab. All the registrations are there. And the registration deadline is March 4th. For the pitch competition. For the pitch competition. Yes. 
And is there a registration deadline for the trade show? There is April 1st. Okay. And once this episode is posted, those registrations will be available. They'll be live. So if you're interested in either one of the options, make sure you get on there and check it out. Fantastic. Very good. Very good. What is your most rewarding, most rewarding experience in your role? For me, it's helping our clients be successful, whether it's a small client and solving a problem for them. So, or maybe helping them, you know, figure something out just through knowledge that we have that they might not being able to share that with our clients uh, is really exciting. And then for some of our larger clients, it's seeing the products that we've made either in prototype or the actual products on the store shelf. So that's always exciting. We always are texting back and forth pictures of, <laughs> hey, we made this. Hey, look at this. You know, it's it's a lot of fun to, to do that. I love food. I'm going to India in a, in a few weeks with extension. So we're going to be working with a university in India to um, just talk about our entrepreneurship support programs. And, and we have this great relationship MSU Extension does with this university where we exchange ideas. But I'm so I'm most excited about the food. I experience the world through food. I, mm. and that's just what I do. So <laughs> I love being able to work around food. But at the same time, you know, um, as an economist, my background is is a little bit different. So mm-hmm. having that mix of perspectives about the world is is just a lot of fun. Well, and I know sometimes when people are making a product and they're passionate about their product. Yes. And then when it comes time to sell it, right? Because they put all that Love, stuff, sweat. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and sometimes maybe the ingredients are a little more. And then when they're looking at the competitive pricing on the market, yeah. they might be a little shocked. Yes. That, oh, I thought this, you know, I could get more from yeah. this. That's exactly what we talk about with yeah. our clients. Yeah. And so yeah. we're kind of the we help them step away from the emotion of it a little bit and and say, look, if, you know, if you want this to be long-term successful, then you have to think about these other, these other things besides just how fantastic and, you know, special it is. So availability too. Absolutely. Yes. Managing some expectations about scalability, quality control. Yes. Yes. Scalability is a huge issue for people because to make that really special cupcake with, 15 different ingredients and, you know, a special topping. It's great and and at a small scale, but when you go into full manufacturing, it's a whole different, you know, so being a resource to help our clients think about that a little Mm -hmm. bit is good. I have some food processing experience uh, from the tertiary world, but my staff have lots more. So, you know, shout out Jason Hoffman is my facility manager at the FPIC. He's got over 20 years of experience and actual food manufacturing on the meat side. Matt Wilcox is our dairy plant manager, and he's got tons of of dairy manufacturing experience from industry. And then my dairy store manager, Aaron Weiner, he managed B-dubs here in East Lansing for many years. And so they just bring so much experience Mm -hmm. that our clients really benefit from. Is there anything that we haven't asked you about that you would like to share with the listener? No, I feel like I could go on a lot more, but I think it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And I have to say, when we were talking before, you're like, I don't know if I can talk for 20 minutes. (laughs) Easy peasy. Easy peasy. That's right. That's right. I love it. I love it. I I know that that a lot of things are done in confidentiality in your organization, but is there a success story without giving away the farm that you can share with, with us and our listeners? I will give a couple. 
So we, we do every year at Making in Michigan, we offer awards. So when, once we, we do the award and the client accepts it, then they have, then they're open to, you know, they can talk about the fact that we've been working with them. Many years ago, the gluten-free bar, I don't know if you're familiar with gluten-free bar, but they, and they're, they are in national distribution now, but they were a client of ours and just helping them work through, you know, development of that product and, and marketing was really rewarding. We also have a client fairly new called Downey's Potato Chips. So Downey's is from Southeast Michigan and it's an interesting story. This, uh, this woman comes from a potato farm. And again, you know, looking for markets for an agricultural commodity, trying to figure out how they can add value to their product. They ended up buying a potato chip factory that was going to be sold and, and basically scrapped and refurbishing it. And they have a wonderful kettle style potato chip. You could actually buy it at the dairy store as well as lots of other locations. And then we have our first co-packing client at the dairy plant since the dairy plant, the dairy plant reopened mm-hmm. last year and we started making ice cream again. And we have a couple of really enthusiastic young guys who saw a niche in the market and said, we want to make an ice cream that fits in that niche. And so they're making a product called Protein Pints. Ooh. It's a high protein ice cream, relatively low sugar, and it's really, really good. So and I don't have to feel guilty. No, no, it's of fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. And so they are both kind of young guys. They're gym bros, right? Oh, yeah. You know, okay. so they go to the gym and they want their protein ice cream. But what they're learning is that there are other markets for protein ice cream. Someone actually came to them and said, my dad has cancer. He needs to eat more protein, oh. but he cannot eat. You can't eat meat. Oh yeah. The sugar also, but also like the protein bars just didn't sit with them and everything, mm-hmm. but they discovered the protein ice cream is working out really well. So it, it's so fun to see these people on their journey and, and see them being successful. We talked about the registration. I, I was just done I mean, mm-hmm. for the trade show. What is the date of the trade show? April 24th. April 24th. Yes. And where's it located? And it's at the Lansing Center. Awesome. Yes. So April 24th, Lansing Center. I'm hoping to find those uh, protein ice cream guys. <laughs> they will be there. Oh, they will be there. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it again, it's open to the public. We always encourage the public to come, come down for the afternoon or for a couple hours. Or if you're in downtown Lansing, just walk around on your on your lunch hour and and see some great products. You know, agriculture is a big thing. Sometimes it's not, it's a family business and one of the younger generations doesn't want to step in and take over, but we, we need to support the agricultural community and we've got a lot of opportunity here. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that awareness (laughs) to our listeners. You bet. You bet. We usually ask towards the end of our show, if there's anybody that we can connect you with in our listening audience, either like somebody specific that you're looking to connect with or like general kind of sort of people. We know that you're looking for people that are producing products yeah, and could yeah. use help from, from your thing. Our listenership is growing mm-hmm. and we, Lisa's the ultimate Lansing connector mm-hmm. and we, we take a lot of joy in connecting people with people. So we just want to throw that out there. If there's somebody that, you know, you're looking to meet that one of our listeners could possibly connect you with. I don't know about that. I, we were talking though earlier about just the cohorts of mm-hmm. professionals mm-hmm. and, you know, I think our clients Again, going back to MIM, one really big benefit they have is that they get to meet each other and they can share their stories or share their experiences. If there are any, you know, I know Flint actually has a supper club 
if there's anyone in Lansing, so this is the Supper Club are, are people in food production in Flint who are just kind of a, it's a cohort of people who share experiences once a month. So if there's anything like that going on in the Lansing area, I'd love to be connected or be a part of it. Okay. Fantastic. You heard it. <laughs> there you have it, listeners. You have your task for the week. There we go. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So Lisa, what did, what, uh, what did you learn this episode? I learned about an amazing resource that we have right here, yeah. right here in our own community. When people don't know, you know, where they can go for help, it's in your backyard. If you're listening in the 517 region, absolutely got it right here. And I think it's a great resource to go and look at that coaching and consulting. Mm-hmm. If you're considering anything that's food based, if you're the cottage food mm-hmm. Make sure you're covered because those cupcakes with cream cheese frosting, <laughs> I've purchased from some homes. Right? Now I'm a, like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. stick to plain. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you, Amy? Well, I'm fascinated by the fact that we're like the largest tart cherry producer mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew like yes. the Traverse City area yeah. and the cherries, but I didn't know like, I didn't know that. 70% of that's, the U.S. production. Oh, wow, that mm-hmm. is so well, That's why you go up north and you sell these that's cherry right. stands, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet washed cherries, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I learned that. And then I also learned about this food thing that you can go and taste all this Absolutely. food, right? Like, where did this been? You know? So um, I didn't know that that existed. So again, that that's on April 23rd. Um, 24th. 24th. The British competition is the 23rd. Okay. And that's in the evening, right. also at the Lansing Center. Okay. And then all day on the 24th is the is the conference and show. Okay. So yeah, April 24th, Lansing yeah. Center. And again, like Lisa said, we'll have all the information in the show notes for this episode. You can find the links and stuff like that. Fantastic. So, yeah. Well, it's Thank been you. so enlightening to I have you it. here. Yeah. Didn't know this that this services existed in Michigan. This is what this is what the show is all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It is. It is. Yeah. Such a such an honor to speak with you before, you. during, and I look forward to staying connected afterwards. Absolutely. My goodness. And seeing you at the trade show. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Sounds great. You'll find Lisa at the protein. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the ice cream. <laughs> for the ice cream. Yeah. For the ice cream. <laughs> thank you so much for having us on the show. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being with us. Um, coming on another adventure with us. We appreciate it. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find us at zdmedia.com of course, our YouTube channel, which we would love to have more subscribers on. So find us there. And of course, thanks again to Risky Studios for having us here and making us sound and look wonderful. We appreciate that. And please go out and make it an adventure. This is a Zedia Media Production.